You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. Hello, everybody. How you doing? This is Colin Cook. This is, this is uh, Elliot Kawaoka. And we are joined by our first guest here of the show, Mark Jensen. So Mark is the founder and owner of Glucose Energy, um, and he also competed in Ironman Texas, uh, now uh, coming up on uh, a little over a week ago here. Um, so we thought that Mark would be the, the perfect guest here um, since he had the, the pleasure of experiencing Ironman Texas, uh, as did I, um, and then also has uh, some amazing products um, that obviously we'll be a bit biased about in this conversation, but uh, have treated me extremely well um, in you know this season, and I think that... Uh, you know he's got some hopefully some some great insight into us and just about nutrition and you know maybe some things we should be careful about with uh, with when we're choosing our nutrition products for for fueling races and and training and things and whatnot. So, um, Mark, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Colin and Elliot. It's great to be with you. Very cool. All right, so uh, we'll kick it off by uh, talking about Ironman Texas. So a few interesting things uh, about Ironman Texas. Um, you know, obviously it was it was a hot day, and actually for some people that maybe didn't pay much attention to it, it was nice and hot. And then um, what was it around? Uh, I guess it was between three and four o'clock. Um, pretty much a monsoon came through, and um, ended up causing the race to be postponed temporarily so they actually had everybody get off the course and then um, they allowed people to continue after that so um, as far as we can tell that was an Ironman first um, and uh, something uh, that uh, we were able to experience and was pretty crazy so um, yeah it was um, it was it was quite an interesting day um, for me personally uh, I had uh, a great day I ended up uh, being the uh, second in my age group and uh, was the sixth amateur. Um, and so I did uh, qualify for Hawaii, um, which I was very happy about um, and uh, was, was very happy with my day. Um, and Mark also comes from an even more extreme uh, training uh, circumstances than I do, uh, where Mark was, was very limited with his training time. Um, but uh, Mark, why don't you give uh, a real quick kind of preliminary lead up to uh, how things were going uh, leading into Texas for you? Well, thank you. You're very kind. Yeah, and I think what you just said was just a really nice way of saying that I was slow. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, I am slow. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I probably trained about five hours a week uh, leading up to that. That's you know between work and family family and work those are the priorities right uh that's about how much time i take but um yeah but uh, yeah it was still <laughs> it was still a lot of fun you know i enjoyed doing iron man and uh, i did texas last year and i think that was my seventh iron man um but yeah you know the the rain the monsoon was a little strange and being stopped uh was also a little strange but it was still uh a great great day i felt like and uh, i really enjoyed being out there with everybody competing. so it was a lot of fun that's awesome um yeah i mean but i i think you know i i guess i just can't discredit you know 
how you know five, roughly five hours a week of training and to even complete an Ironman is is amazing to me. Uh, that is pretty incredible. <laughs> I would I would definitely be pretty nervous going into the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that I uh, can get over that pattern and not uh, spend as little time in the future. But Colin, how many hours do you spend a week training? So I'm normally, um, you know, certainly obviously varies uh, with the time of year. Um, I'd say I'm typically in the 12 to 15 hour range. Um, I did get a couple, I think, 18 or 118 and I think even one 20 hour weekend um, leading up to Texas. So um, wow. you know, that's definitely, uh, especially if we're comparing it to your numbers there, pretty significant. Um, you know. Yeah. But still, you know, that's there's there's a lot of people that put in more hours than that. So you were cooking. You did yeah. a fantastic job. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely my philosophy with training is 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 quality over quantity and you know, I think from a, mm-hmm. a long term kind of view of, of triathlon, you know, I, I think that putting in high volume um assuming your body can handle it in the short short term can can lead to success um but it often ends up either breaking down your body or if it doesn't then it just leads to to mental breakdowns and just not even enjoying the sport and then burnout and um i know quite a few people over the years now that uh have kind of gone with that strategy and there's certainly some some coaching companies i'm familiar with that that kind of go with that strategy and you know, they may provide success to their clients in the short term, but they don't end up being very long-term lasting clients because mm-hmm. um, one of those two things ends up happening. So, um, you know, definitely sure. think that lower volume, um, you know, you have to get the, the work in, but um, keeping it on the lower side makes more sense and allows you to do other things with your time as well. Yeah. Well, I guess you could say I've certainly mastered the lower volume <laughs> side of training. have Hey, you proved that you can finish an Ironman Seriously. five hours a week of training. Yeah. Uh, well, then we can only uh, move up from there. So, yeah. so why don't we? Um, we'll just go through, um, you know, each each discipline. We can kind of talk about what we thought with the course, kind of briefly, and what we did. Um, so they ended up actually, um, and also one thing I should have mentioned that uh, the bike course only ended up being 95 miles. So there was some controversy about that before leading up to the race. There was a few people that refused to do the race because they were cheated by Ironman and not getting a full Ironman course of 112 miles. And um, to me, first pers- world problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, to me, it's. Um, I think, and actually, I still am in the process of writing up my race report for this race, and uh, hopefully, get that done soon. But you know, we're we're so lucky, and I don't think we realize how challenging it is to get all the permits and approvals and things that takes for a 112 mile course. You know, in you know potentially towns that don't even really get any of the benefit of you know the people staying in their towns or going to their restaurants and things like that. So. Um, I think that we need to sometimes take a look back and appreciate the fact that we are able to, to get out and get, you know, not necessarily always road closures, but obviously huge, huge adjustments and, and slowdowns for the locals and things so that we can, you know, ride our bikes or sometimes run through their towns and things like that. And, uh, um, to me, you know, sure. I would have loved to have seen a 112 mile bike course. Um, but it's, it is what it is. And, you know, everybody's racing the same race. So. Right, and at least you guys got got to race. I mean, there was a while there where I mean, there was a bunch of talk that they were just going to cancel the race, and I mean, you're lucky you guys even had a race. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so going to another change, actually, the week of the race. So it was kind of it was supposed to be a point to point swim, which I think Mark, you probably did last year when you did the race. Uh, this was my first time mm-hmm. doing this race. Um, but due to some, um, you know, uh, what's the right wording here? The, the water not being to satisfactory in a certain section of the, of the lake, um, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, you would think that it would be, um, you know, all the lake would be not really meeting it, but, uh, I guess there was kind of more of a covish place that, uh, didn't meet their standards. So they ended up having to move and, and make, um, a, a second transition, um, that, um, you know, was going to be used just, uh, so that we could do a one loop swim and kind of come in and out of the water at the same place. 
Um, so I thought the, the water was relatively calm. You know, it was a non-wetsuit swim, which for me, uh, I consider myself to be a, a weaker swimmer, um, you know, or that kind of being my, my weaker of the three disciplines uh, is not preferred. But um, I thought the water was, was pretty calm, and they did a, a self, uh, self-seating time trial start. And uh, I got out there pretty early out there, definitely not right up at the front. Um, and was a little bit disappointed with my with my swim time. I was hoping to be two or three minutes faster, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, it is what it is, and so I didn't let it beat myself up. But uh, Mark, uh, what did you think of the swim? Yeah, it was a little bit different from uh, last year. And like you, I was I, I thought it was a little strange. I think they said that they uh, the the portion of the course where there was quote unquote bad water was in the canal, which I thought was kind of interesting, but. You know, the, the year previous, I enjoyed swimming up the canal, and I thought it was cool because you got people on both sides of the canal. Um, but uh, for some strange reason, I started off on the outside uh, closest to the bank, and I really got stuck for about a mile in some heavy traffic. Uh-huh. Um, so there were people just left and right that were just stopping and I would close line with my arm and I, you know, I have no idea why people are stopping, but, um, yeah, I, I, I ran into some trouble, uh, for about the first mile and then I eventually got to the outside and was able to, to get moving a little bit quicker. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was still, you know, like you guys mentioned, I, I was grateful to actually have a swim and, um, um, you know, I, I like, um, uh, I personally, prefer swimming in um, uh, lakes rather than ocean water uh, but I'll do both of them but uh, I thought it was, it was a nice swim yeah yeah I agree I, I prefer the lake usually as well uh, hey Colin I have, a, I have a question for you so in these wave starts I mean it, we, we all know it I mean getting to Kona it all comes down to seconds I mean we'll talk about it later as we go through your race but I mean they're, the guy right behind you is 10 seconds back. Yep. I mean, you have no idea where you're at in the race. I mean, what? why wouldn't you just start a little later so you kind of have a cushion so if you caught someone, you kind of know, oh, like, you have some uh, you have some time banked on him. I mean, do you... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess you can book, look at it both ways. I mean, I think that getting out and actually especially for this race i think it was important to try and um get out in front and get in and out of transition uh as quickly as possible or as is in in front of as many people as possible because uh another thing that we didn't really talk about yet but with this bike course having 80 plus turns on it um you know that congestion especially with uh triathletes not known for the the necessarily for their handling skills you know trying to pass a lot or having to pass a lot of people and and dealing with other riders um definitely can be a concern so um you know from the swim itself certainly you know like mark mentioned you know he got caught up with a lot of people and uh i think if you're a a stronger swimmer you know seed yourself back further than you should you're probably going to end up with a lot more congestion and and having to swim over people you don't want that either right yeah so i mean my recommendation typically to people is is to actually to kind of seize yourself if anything a little bit up forward in front of um where you want to be than behind uh, and rather let people swim over you than than be swam be the ones uh swimming over people but um you know that's you could certainly go both ways with it but especially with this bike course i felt like uh that was uh was important and right you don't want to run into any kind of congestion yeah if it wasn't for me waiting in a portage on a line um before and i still excused my way through hundreds of people to get up where i got to but i finally got to a point where people weren't letting me go any further um but uh but yeah um we'll talk about the the last you know that 10 second gap uh when we talk about the run here yep so um cool so yeah, so uh, moving on, um, transition actually I will mention. So one thing I did for this race that uh, I haven't done in the past is uh, I wore full long sleeve compression socks. Um, and so it actually took me a little bit. I've practiced a little bit, but with how tight the compression socks are, I struggled a little bit to get those on. Uh, and they're wet too, so yeah, that exactly. makes it even tougher. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, I decided it was worth it to take the time, especially in the heat. Um, you know, I felt like getting as much of my skin covered was going to be beneficial. And looking back, I think it was uh, it was the right move. But uh, that was something I, I did do new uh, for this race here. Um, so, um, Mark, do you have anything crazy in transition? No, I thought transition was pretty smooth coming out of the water. Um, the trans, the second transition was a little bit uh, different for me, but but we can get that uh, <laughs> when we when we get to that point. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, and so yeah. So, so the bike course. Yeah. So how many turns, Colin? I so it was somewhere somewhere upwards of or over eighty turns. Um, which, when you think about it, especially when we're talking about a 94, 95 mile, uh, mile bike, you know, is is a turn. I think it's somebody calculated like every 1.2 or 1.3 miles or something like that. So um, when you look at it that way, I felt like, holy cow, this is going to be out of control and I'm just going to be turning the entire time. And I'm certainly curious to hear what you thoughts are, Mark, but uh, I actually enjoyed the bike course and um, there was definitely times when you were turning, you know, pretty often, but... I actually didn't feel like it was like that extreme that we were turning like crazy. There was one section where there was you had to do like a 180 turn um, or close to 180, and the roads was very very poor quality. Um, but outside of that, I really didn't didn't find it uh, all that crazy. What did, what did you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I thought it was nice. The scenery was a little bit different from what we had uh, the year previous, but uh, yeah, I thought the road conditions were pretty good. Um, you know, I had no idea until you just said that, that there were 80 turns. That does sound crazy, but I did not feel like we were doing a ton of turns. You know, I did my bike in uh, like five hours, um, and, um, you know, I'm not going super fast, but I'm going about 19, 20 miles an hour, and I think there's like 3,500 feet of elevation climb. Is that right over the course? Yeah, something like that. If something uh, like that, it's it's definitely a pretty darn flat course. Um, you know, a couple yeah. couple little climbs there, but uh, um, it was it was flat. Um, so um, yeah, I thought that part was was nice. The only section I had an issue, and I'm trying to remember what mile mark it was, but there was that one section where. Um, there was the road was was open to traffic on both sides and you had a very kind of small window Um, I think they actually I guess somebody was telling me after it was a no pass zone Um, I didn't end up having issues at that but there was one time ironically it was like a a bug I think a Volkswagen bug that was like coming way over and got pretty close to me and um, I had some pleasantries for that person um, as I was (laughs) getting close to them Um, but you know, besides that, you know, there was tons of volunteers out there, and um, the course was well marked, and uh, I really uh, enjoyed the bike. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So I'm I'm stalking you on uh, on Strava right now. You so your your VI was 1.02, which is pretty amazing for all those turns. Can you uh, kind of talk about your game plan on your bike? Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, and so for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, the term VI, so that stands for Variability Index. And basically what it is is it's um, – best way to describe it is almost is, is let's say if for those of the people that ride with power, um, if you were to go out and ride uh, consistently at, you know, um, let's say 200 watts for, for 30 minutes, um, but then you were also to go do the same route – and you were to ride at 250 watts for 15 minutes and 150 watts for the other 15 minutes, um, your your variability index would be much higher. Um, well, it technically would be one if you rode at 200 the entire time, and then it would it would be I don't know exactly what it would be, but I'd say probably 1.1 or something like that. Um, it would come to when you have that fluctuation in your power. So really, you know, if you have a lower VI, that means that you're riding at a consistent power. So um, definitely, you know, with all those turns, you're going to have the tendency to want to, you know, decelerate and then certainly accelerate when you're coming out of those turns, which is going to, you know, if you want, if you end up doing that, it's going to create a a surge in your power and ultimately, you know, increase your, your variability index. So... Uh, definitely was my strategy to try and be as consistent as possible all day. 
um, I was, you know, going out there and uh, actually, geez, I don't even have that in front of me. Like, what was my my average power is right about 250, right? 250, yeah. yeah. 250 on the dot. So that's kind of what I was looking for. My um, normalized, I think, was like 255, 256, something like that. So um, definitely consistent with the the power. Um, so uh, did you did you end up using uh, that best? That's spike split. I did, yeah. um, but actually, it, it did not work for me. Um, it um, I uploaded it and it said I was on course, um, but it stopped uh, giving me the uh, the feeds, you know, of what what wattage I should be riding at. So I was kind of going more off uh, off a of feel and, and judgment. Uh, um, you know, I did have kind of the general numbers of what I was shooting for in my mind. Um, you know, which again were in that 250, 260 range. Um, so I, I used that, but it, it actually didn't work as it's as it's advertised uh, for me in this race, which was which was strange. So, um, Mark, do you ride with power? I don't. I was just focused on my average miles per hour. Interesting. Okay. What about do you wear heart rate monitor? Um, I do, I do. I have that on my watch. Gotcha. Okay. So, do you keep that as kind of a secondary uh, measurement, or are you really just, just focused on speed? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I cool. do. Yep. Cool. And what about uh? So, what did you guys eat on the bike? I mean, what was did you guys both have a game plan on um, your nutrition? Absolutely. So I'll start off. Uh, with uh with so this was actually the first race that i used glucose um as my primary energy sources so um i used the combination of the glucose energy bars and their gels um while i was on the bike um it, in addition to uh base salt um so that was uh, a first for me and um we'll talk about it more when we get into the nutrition piece of it but i felt fantastic all day um mark how about you i i I, I'm just going to go out there on a hunch and say maybe use glucose as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've actually got, uh, so after the race, Colin and I talked, and uh, Colin was nice enough to provide me with his uh, pre- and uh, during-race uh, nutrition. So I just put, put it together in a little spreadsheet, and I've, I've got mine as well. We also had a glucose, another glucose factory team guy that was uh, racing with us named Brian Post, who also qualified for Kona, but I've got his as well. But um, yeah, I started out the day pre-race with um, the glucose. We have a powder mix, and I had, uh, I double up on that, and so I had, I got about 300 calories uh, prior to the race to that, and then I had an energy bar, which is a whole foods, you know, natural ingredient, great tasting bar. It's got about 210 calories. So I had about 510 calories going into the race. And then on the bike, I loaded up um, on the drink and got about 900 calories in there. And then I had four gels, which our gel is all different from like a, you know, the rest of the competition uh, where ours is more of a concentrate. So it's easier to get down. It tastes really good. It's not like snot. Um, you don't have to chase it with water. And so I had four gels. So I had, you know, about 1,140 calories on the bike. So, and I think, uh, Colin, you had about, I didn't include um, your drink, but in just glucose products, you had 240 before you started and then about 800 on the bike from your bar and your gels. Right, yep. Exactly. Um, so yeah, um, I did have, uh, so I was using scratch on the bike. Um, so I did use, use that and get, um, a couple hundred more calories out of that. Um, in addition to, uh, uh, my glucose nutrition. Um, but, uh, again, felt, uh, felt really good. Um, and that was actually a first for me. Um, so I was, that's the first time I haven't, you know, used Gatorade or whatever is, is on the course. Um, I used to like perform used to be, I used to tolerate that a little bit better, but Gatorade really just does not work with my system. And I think that'll be part of our conversation when we move on to the nutrition stuff after. But, um, you know, so I actually had these little, um, plastic tubes that I was putting my, um, sport drink powder into. And then, so what I'd do is I'd go through each age station and I'd use my aero bottle and I'd take water and I'd pour it in there. And then I'd dump the, the tube of my, uh, sport drink to scratch there into, um, into my, uh, container. Um, so 
that uh, that ended up working really well. The only kind of drawback is you do have to carry that all with you. Obviously, it's a lot better than trying to carry the you know nine or ten bottles of fluids I ended up taking in if I were to try and do that without. Um, but uh, um, I actually have two bento boxes on my box on my bike now. Um, one up front, and then I put one connected to the back of my to my seat and um, or my seat post, I should say, and uh, that that worked out really well. That's interesting. I might want to, might want you to send me a picture of that. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll have to talk about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, you're not gonna help me out, man. I gotta get to Kona. I gotta got a big race coming up in July. I gotta get to Kona too. This is true. Well, you're talking to some good people about that right now. So, uh, <laughs> cool. Elliot, I'll send you some blue coats. How about that? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we've both been experimenting with it, uh, uh, but we'll talk about that stuff more. Um, so the only other thing I wanted to mention on the bike, so, um, you know, there was, I don't know what you saw on there, Mark. Uh, I definitely had some experiences with some um, people drafting. Um, there was a group of like five or six guys that I passed, probably 50 or 60. Uh, no, actually, it was a little before that. It's probably like 40 to 50. Uh, miles in that all actually granted and uh, yeah i also did not see one marshal or uh race official on the course the entire time which i was pretty disappointed about um but these most most of these guys did get a penalty i saw the the mark on their bike um but there was there was there was actually a couple different experiences that there was one guy that um he ended up uh i think he was argentinian there um he uh he would continue, he would pass me and then like he would instantly slow down. So like I'd have to drop back and like really throw me out of my rhythm. And like I kept, you know, I'd pass him back. I'd be like, dude, you got to keep going. And, you know, he didn't obviously respond to it. Um, and then later in the day, I'd never seen something like this. Uh, there was this guy that uh, we kept going back and forth, back and forth. And literally every time after he passed me, you know, he'd be in the arrow position to pass me and he'd get upright and like ride really slow and I'd pass him back and then um you know he'd do it again so like you know we talk about variability index this guy's must have been through the roof because he was like hammering and then slowing way down hammering slowing way down so wow it was was funny actually there was one guy uh I think we were passing and uh I said you know how much you want to bet this guy has a miserable run (laughs) and uh uh sure enough I think I saw him on my second loop um of the run and I think he was still already walking on his first loop um so um you know it's a it's a little disappointing obviously i like to as as a race official i like to see a a fair game out there and um you're gonna get it but there was a couple guys in this group that like it was just eminent that they were they were drafting and they knew they were doing it and uh it's discouraging to me but um you know you know and i think i mean it's i mean we race ironman arizona together and I mean, I really didn't see a lot of marshals out there either. I mean, I really think and that's it's only a three loop starting. course too. Um, yeah. you know, this was one loop. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's obviously I can say from experience. You know, it's not an easy job, and I'm not trying to say that they should have you know picked up on everything. But uh, um, you know, that's I want to, especially when you're you know racing for Kona slots, you want a fair game. So, Mark, did you see much drafting out there? You know, I didn't see as much as you did, but I, there were, I saw the marshal probably three times. That's good. Um, so, yeah, probably why I didn't see so much traffic. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Good. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up, uh, I rode uh, 354.42. So, again, uh, they said it was a 94 mile, 95-mile bike. I think it was closer to 94, but... Um, you know, it wasn't a full 112-mile um, ride, but that was the fastest speed I've averaged for um, a long distance like this and um, was feeling uh, pretty good coming off the bike and was, was happy with uh, with my bike split. Um, Mark, anything else you want to mention about the bike? No, I was I was pleased, too. I thought it was a nice, fast course. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, discouraged at all. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, when you get the letter saying that the course is going to be shorter than 112 you know that is kind of a bummer but when i got out there on the course yeah there were a lot of unknowns for me going into it but i was really pleased when i got off i thought they did a good job yeah cool 
Um, awesome. So, so you guys didn't uh, experience any kind of rain on the course, on the bike course? Nothing. Uh, it was it was bone dry out there on the bike. Um, you know, it was yep. it was certainly warm out there. I didn't. I you know my heart rate was definitely staying in check, and I was feeling really good uh, coming in off the bike. But um, the run definitely warmed up a little bit. <laughs> So, yeah, um, so for me, um, you know, I ended up in, uh, looking back at, it, I'm a little bit surprised. I kind of thought I would probably going to be further up, but I was actually 11th in my age group coming off the bike. Um, so a little bit further back than, uh, I probably would have liked to have been, but, uh, you know, as, as I always say, you know, you really, you stay in control of what you can control and that's yourself. So, um, I wouldn't change anything with that, but, uh, looking back again, I'm a little surprised I wasn't a little bit higher in the field, um, you know, heading, uh, heading into the run. So, um, but when I got out there on the run, uh, so it's a three loop run, definitely, uh, quite flat. Um, you know, a couple really small rollers on there, but, um, you know, you're exposed to the sun most of the time. There's actually a little bit of that you do go in these little, um, kind of sidewalk trail things, um, for a little bit, but, uh, you're out there, uh, exposed and, um, it, it definitely got hot out there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I took it, uh, a bit conservative, uh, on the, the first loop. I definitely, uh, you know, deliberately was, was holding back a little bit. Um, I did have one point, um, actually shoot, I should get his name. Uh, the guy that got fourth in my age group, actually, he, uh, he ended up passing me on the first loop, probably three or four miles in. And so I had those compression socks still on, um, which I didn't end up changing. Um, normally I change my socks in between the bike and the run, but because, uh, they were a little bit challenged to get on and off, uh, I decided to deal with the fact that, uh, there may have been a little urine in those socks, um, and, uh, <laughs> continued on and ran in those ones. Um, but, uh, anyway, so I got, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody you did that, by the way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anything you can do moving is faster right so uh, you know but it is a good indicator that i was well hydrated right so um you know there, there, is, there is that point of it so i i did uh go i think four or five times while i was uh while i was out on the bike course so um so this guy got up to me and he said hey what what's your age group because my socks were were covering it or how old are you and uh so i said 34 and i said how old are you and uh and he said, well, you're not going to like me right now, but, uh, you know, I'm 30-something uh, or whatever. I'm the same age group. And I said, all right, you know, you're looking good. Good luck. And, uh, you know, I said, it's a long race. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did. I had uh, a feeling that uh, I'd see him again. And uh, so, you know, but I, I still, you know, again, stuck to my guns, stuck to my game plan and uh, focused on what I can control. And that was me. So. Um, the first part of the, the bike, I said the bike, well, the first part of the run is, um, I'll say, you know, not quite as much support as once you get like, um, four ish miles in and it's a eight plus mile loop. Um, you get back into kind of the center of town and, uh, it's awesome in the center of town. There's, there's great crowd support and, uh, some music going on and, uh, you know, really a lot of people, uh, rooting for you and things. So. Um, that, that actually kind of lifted me up and, uh, I, but I felt really good, uh, that whole first lap. Um, I did switch over and, um, I was using, um, the glucose gummies, um, as my primary, um, energy source for that. So I was actually taking a couple of those gummies and, um, then doing some gels as well. Um, but I was doing just water, um, for my, for, uh, my hydration, um, on the run and then base salt as well. Um, but, uh, so that was a first with that. Um, but I, uh, I felt really good, uh, coming around, uh, heading into my second loop and, um, I ended up, uh, picking it up and, um, was definitely faster on my, my second loop than the first. Um, and I think, yeah, it was on the second loop that I ended up passing that guy back. Um, which I think was putting me into third place at that point. Um, maybe I was actually a little further back. I think we may have caught a few people. Um, but, uh, to that point, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the guy that won the, the race, um, his first Ironman, he ran a 240.01 or something like that. Um, he, when he passed me, I was on my first loop and like, he just screwed by me. Like I wasn't hanging with him in the slightest. He was, he was a machine. I was very impressed and, uh, he looked really good. 
Um, on the second loop, Matt Russell, who got second, um, you know, he was on his third loop. Um, you know, he, I ended up kind of running with him for a little while and, uh, we had, you know, a similar pace, um, going. So that was a little bit more manageable. <laughs> Not that I was running with him just to run with him, but, uh, felt a little bit better about that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, same thing, kind of status quo. Felt really good on that second loop as well, even though I picked it up a little bit and I let my, my heart rate elevate a little um, as, as the race continued, but um, was feeling confident heading into uh, the third lap. Um, so I, don't, I guess I'll just keep going here, and then we'll, we'll talk more about your run, Mark. Um, so when I got uh, onto the third lap, um, my goal was you know to maintain my pace, and uh, I felt like I was going to be able to do that. Um, Unfortunately, I did taper off a little bit. Um, I think I had a like 758 mile was my slowest mile, um, so I didn't ever get into the eights, which was good. But uh, you know, a lot more of the 730s and and more, and, and slowed down a little bit uh, on that uh, on that third lap. Um, and it was definitely hot, and uh, we knew that there was some rain in the forecast. So for me, I was like, geez, you know, that that rain wouldn't be bad right now. Um, but as Mark is going to talk about his experience, I'm sure uh, I'm damn happy I finished before that. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I just uh, kept trucking away and, uh, you know, focused on, on my turnover and trying to keep that, that arm swing and the, and the cadence up and uh, just, just chugging through. So um, as I, I turned off to go to the finishing shoot, um, there was actually a guy a little bit out ahead of me, um, and I was definitely, you know, just in survival mode trying to get to the line, um, and I had no idea he was in my age group, um, but I decided uh, I found another gear, and just like in, in Florida, um, that surge that I gave to the line, I ended up, so I didn't actually pass him, but this is again where that time trial start comes into play, but uh, I did sprint, you know, sprint maybe a stretch, but went as fast as I could across the line for the last, you know, good quarter mile or so, and um, I ended up taking second in the age group um, by, it was, yeah, eight or nine seconds or something like that, so um, going all the way to the finish line, especially when you're in a time trial start situation where you're not starting with everybody, you don't know where other people are, even though you might be side by side with them. Um, it's really uh, in in two consecutive races now is has tremendously benefited me. So uh, I, I do recommend pushing all the way across that line. And so I ended up running a 308.53, so just under 309. Um, which you know, shooting to be in the 305, 310 range. Um, so I was. Yeah, I think I your time is actually the same exact run split I ran in uh, Canada the year you did it with me. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, my total time was uh, 81510, and my kind of my goal was shooting for 815. So uh, I'd say I, I hit it pretty well. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely ecstatic with uh, the results. And uh, there ended up being six slots in my age group, but uh, knew that for sure that second was going to get one. So uh, punched my ticket. So, nice. um, so congrats, Mark, man. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But, Mark, I, I'm, I'm definitely more interested in hearing about your experience on this run. Well, I like your experience the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fantastic <laughs> job, Colin. I mean, you did amazing. So, great job. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, mine is nothing compared to yours. I was just, you know, living through a monsoon, which was actually kind of fun. But um, I think um, I think towards the monsoon kind of rolled through um, when I was towards the latter portion of my second loop. And it was interesting because they stopped everybody. And I don't my watch actually uh my battery ran out of juice oh, right okay. before they stopped me so i don't even know where you um, were at. how long i would stop for yeah gotcha. but uh, we were stopped for a little bit and it was on that wooded part and um really the lightning and thunder had really passed when they stopped us so i don't i don't really understand that but there's a lot of talk that the race had been uh, canceled um and then as we ran as they let us move forward after they stopped us for a time, we went by some volunteers that had on some Ironman shirts and they said, they're going to take off 45 minutes 
off of your total time. So we didn't really know if we were, well, actually, many of us thought we were going in to finish because there was a lot of talk that it had been canceled. But then as we came around through, you know, it was obvious that we weren't going to finish and we were going we were to finish the race. So there's just a lot of emotion there because it's like, uh, you man. know, do I want to be finished? No, not really. But, boy, I sure am dead tired. So <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound too bad. But, you know, there's just a lot of emotions along with all the water, you know, running through like four inches of water in, in some places. Uh, yeah, did you, or you, guys experience, you guys saw it, but I saw videos of how hard it was raining. And oh, it was it's, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, though, it did feel really good uh, compared to uh, – all the heat that we were having and my biggest concern was is this going to get so cold that you know i'm going to start you know yeah. shivering or something like that so i was just trying to, to keep moving but as you can imagine when you're only training five hours a week you know my the gas in my tank was just gone and yeah. you know it really doesn't matter how much glucose i ingest into my body <laughs> if you haven't trained that much you're just not going that much faster so yeah exactly but, um no i was happy to finish i thought it was uh it was definitely different. Um, I'm glad, most importantly, that everybody stayed safe yeah. uh, during all that lightning and thunder because it sure seemed like it was very close when yeah. we were out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so were you on your first or second loop when that happened, Mark? Second. Second loop, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and actually, I, ra- I ran with somebody who was on their first loop that told me that they came in off the bike and they told them that they had been canceled. Wow. And they so were still running. I wow. didn't run with them long enough to, yeah, I didn't, I didn't run with them long enough to, you know, find out what else happened, but they were at least told that it was canceled at one point. So that's nuts. Yeah. You know, and so like we kind of, I, I touched on briefly there, um, you know, so what they did is they technically postponed the race, you know, and they paused it, if you will, um, but from a Kona slot perspective, um, they ended up going with which person in, in each age group was furthest along um, when they stopped the race. So technically, you know, I think I, I'm assuming that they, you had to at least have finished um, after that to be considered. But uh, they ended up using, you know, your, your time of where you were um, on the course when they made that pause, which timing mat you got to as opposed to, um, you know, your, your overall finish time. So certainly they're in a really tough spot there. I think you're going to obviously have people argue both ways. Um, but I, uh, you know, I was thinking about it and it's like, you could argue, yes, you know, you got a 30, 45 minute break or whatever it is, but I can't imagine being, you know, 10 hours into a day and then stopping for 30 or 45 minutes and then expecting to run after that. Like I, I, would not be interested in doing that so i mean it's uh kudos to you guys for for keeping on going and um you know certainly you know yeah you see some of the videos just monsoon madness and uh um just shows the perseverance and and how dedicated and um willing you know our our iron man people are to to keep on going and uh um yeah the the emotions you know that must have been going through your head i can only imagine if you know you're hearing that it's canceled um, and then, you know, add that into the fatigue and how far, have you, how hard you've worked to that point. Uh, it's got to be crazy. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, cool. And so, yeah, I mean, even the finish line got blown over, I believe. Uh, somebody was telling me about, like, they, mm-hmm. they kind of changed the finish. Like, they had this kind of little out and back thing that I did when uh, when I was finishing. And, like, somebody told me it was all by the um, – they had some different um, – wall kind of thing set up to do that and like they pushed some of those away and like people were uh, i heard all kinds of little unique stories of how people ended up actually getting to the finish line um but it was it was chaos so what time did the the race officially end and then they did extend it right so um they 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 technically considered i want to say it was like around a 11 or so right that they were supposed to finish it because of the shortened bike was everybody had to be Mm -hmm. done by around then but then they did add on that additional time to allow people to finish wow Mm -hmm. so definitely one for the books sounds like a mess to me (laughs) Uh, so yeah um that was uh that was iron man texas for me um and uh 
Anything else you want to add, Mark? Uh, no, nothing about Texas. Again, I just thought it was, uh, it was an interesting and fun uh, adventure. Yeah, well, well put. So. Yeah, and congrats to both of you. I mean, yeah. just finishing an Ironman is a huge accomplishment, no matter what your time is. And, yeah, so... Um, Awesome. All right. So we'll move right on to uh, talking about some nutrition stuff and we'll kind of shift gears over to Mark, you know, the founder of Glucose Energy. Um, so let's let's hear uh, a little bit about of background, Mark, of how um, where you're at when you decide to do that, like just the whole process. And tell me a little bit more about the company's history. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, doing a lot of sports. I drank a lot of uh, sports drinks, used a lot of sports nutrition, um, and I just, at a very early age, couldn't figure out how those products were going to help me be a better athlete. Um, I ran collegiately at Brigham Young University. I ran semi-professionally um, at Nike, and then I ended up working at Nike. I was a product footwear manager. And while I was working at Nike in Beaverton, Oregon, I was also working on my MBA, and my thesis project was to put together a better sport energy uh, product or products. Nice. And I found out that Nike was working with Coca-Cola to do the same thing, and uh, Phil Knight called off that project at the last minute. So I asked if I could uh, you know, resurrect it for my MBA, and uh, I got permission to do so. So. Wow. Uh, for you know any of those that are listening that have you know been to Beaverton and the Nike campus, you know it's just kind of a, a candy store for athletes. I guess you'd say there's just a ton of athletes that uh, you know live in that area and will work out on the campus and things like that. So I was able to work with some of the best athletes, and coaches in the world. Um, you know, I worked with Ed Stone, uh, who's been to a couple Olympic uh, marathons. Uh, himself, he now coaches at BYU. Worked with Alberto Salazar, who coaches the Nike Oregon Project. Uh, Jeff Daniels, uh, Center for High Elevation Training. Frank Gagliano, who used to coach uh, Georgetown and the Nike Farm Team in Palo Alto. But those guys and all their athletes, and they just said, you know, if you could have anything in the sport energy related product, what would it look like, taste like, feel like, do for you? And you know, many of them said, you know what, we get, you know, we don't trust. The products that are out there, they're too uh, chemical for us. We can't pronounce what's in there, what's up with Red Guy 40, how's, how's that going to help you be a better athlete? But they said, you know, we get IVs when we're done with our races. Uh, so if you can just give us an oral IV or an IV without the needle, that'd be great. Because, you know, they understood that IVs were very simple. Uh, there was nothing in an IV that was bad for them. It was just water, glucose. Uh, and a couple of electrolytes. And then, so I studied IV bags for actually a couple of years and found that, you know, that glucose that's in an IV bag that you find in a hospital is the basis for all life on this planet. It powers all plants, animal, and human life. And everything that we ingest has to be turned into glucose in our body before it can go to work in our muscles or in our brain or whatnot. So, you know, to me, it was pretty simple. Let's just start with the straight source. And as I got into it, I found that, you know, there's really no downside. There's no, um, there's no um, adverse effects to using glucose. You can't use too much of it. Um, when it goes into your mouth, it'll actually pass through the cell wall in your mouth and go into your bloodstream. It's the only carbohydrate that does that. Wow. And the other carbs, like a sucrose, which is table with sugar, or fructose, which is fruit sugar, and that's also honey. Um, they have to be digested in your body, and that takes time. It also takes energy, so you have to use energy to get energy. Uh, and then you also get a couple byproducts like lactic acid and uh, triglycerides or fat in your bloodstream. So, you know, whether you're mowing your lawn or doing an Ironman, I don't know anybody that wants to, you know, inject themselves with fat and lactic acid. Uh, or take the energy that you need uh, to make energy. So it was pretty simple to me that, you know, this is really what we had to use. You know, the other thing that I'll just point out is that about 50% of the world's population is either allergic or cannot properly digest fructose. And it's in a lot of the sports nutrition products that are on the market. Um, but, uh, you know, we kind of live off that as a society, but when you add... Uh, 
activity to fructose, you'll get a lot of GI issues. So a lot of people, you know, told me, hey, you know, I, I don't use sports nutrition products because it gives me an upset stomach. The list goes on and on for these GI issues. And so if you have any of those issues, you won't get that with glucose because it is the only thing your body can use. So that's kind of the short version of the story. I've been doing it for about 12 years. And about two years ago, I uh, connected with just a fantastic team of uh, many of them are former Nike uh, folks. And, um, you know, I expanded the brand or the number of vehicles that we have from just the ready to drink to gummies, gels, powders, bars, um, tablets. Protein, and then, uh, right? About oh, God, a month and a half ago, we launched protein as yeah, well. Right. So we got a lot of products. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's actually one thing I forgot to mention. Um, so, uh, Texas was my eleventh uh, Ironman finish, and uh, that is the first race that I have not had um, a side stitch or cramping uh, up, kind of on my right side in my in my gut. Um, and ironically, it was the first race that I, you know, primarily fueled with glucose. Um, so um, we'll we'll take all the credit for that. Uh, I was just gonna say, you know, uh, you you can make, <laughs> make your own, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> decisions on you know the coincidence of that uh, but i don't think it was a coincidence so um for that i thank you mark you know i really think that uh you know and what i really like about the products you know like you, you mentioned earlier like um you know the the gels and things they're really kind of have that liquid and real substance where you don't and it actually turned and definitely came into it being an advantage on the race course where i didn't have to worry about being near an aid station to take a gel you know i could just pop it and right. i was good to go you know on yep. that 30 minute increment that i was that i was trying to do them on um so that's yep. that's huge and i didn't realize you know i'm certainly familiar with glucose uh, i didn't realize the depth of uh how powerful of a, of a nutrient, you know, that is to us and, and, uh, ingredient, I should say. And, um, you know, that, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, that, uh, yeah. you know, worldly, how it's used and stuff. Um, uh, awesome. So, yeah, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been training with, um, a bunch of glucose products and actually my local triathlon store is selling them. And one of their problems is their gels sell out so fast. They say they get a new shipment in and it's gone in a week so it's nice. becoming pretty popular stuff yeah oh, cool every time i go in there there's no energy gels left yeah that's great well it does definitely work i can tell you that yeah and i mean i think i think a key takeaway takeaway excuse me um you know one thing i want to get out of this is obviously uh we're a bit biased we're here talking to mark you know is the the owner of glucose but you know for us Ironman and you know any triathlete out there like look at the ingredients of what what you're using to fuel you know and um you know the the high fructose corn syrup and all the other things and as he mentioned you know those all those ingredients you can't even pronounce and you don't know what they are um give give those a little bit of thought you know and think is that really what's what's best for me you know um, obviously, you know, I'm, um, testament here that, uh, glucose has seemed to work out well for me, but, um, maybe it's time for people out there to do a little bit of experimenting and, and try some different things, you know, um, people that have cramping issues and, you know, maybe it's, it's taking in different amounts of different things and, and whatnot. But, uh, um, as I've continued to evolve in this sport and, and research more and more, um, it really does seem like those pure, uh, products seem to be, you know, a lot, lot better and, and work a lot better for, for people. So, you know, I've kind of made a heavy push for a lot of my clients to, to try some new things this year, primarily glucose and things. And like, you know, I honestly haven't gotten any negative feedback on it yet. Like everybody's just like, wow, you know, it, it tastes good. I can like instantly feel like I'm getting a boost from it. And, you know, I'm not hearing about cramping issues and things. So, um, you know, that's kind of my thoughts with it so far. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and, you know, so Mark, I'm sure you're conscious of not wanting to lay out names of, of, you know, the com competitors and things like that, but I can go ahead and do it. And like, you know, the Gatorades of the world, um, I guess that's a, another thing that I should mention. Um, normally when I do an Ironman, um, you know, I am big on, 
on taking in a lot of, of fluids and, and nutrition on the bike, you know, to make sure that I'm really well topped off uh, for, for heading into the run. And um, almost every time um, during, during the race on the bike, I would always kind of like spit up, I guess is the best way to, to put it, um, where I'd, you know, just have some things come out and like, um, it just became the norm to me. And uh, that did not happen once during, during Texas. Um, so it's, it's really cool. Um, Elliot, you got any, uh, specific questions for him? Um, well, I have a question for you. So those energy gels are pretty, pretty big. I mean, I, I've been running with them, but it's just kind of hard to stash. How did you carry all those glucose gels with you on the run? Who are we taking there? Um, I'll, I'll give. I guess I'll give my answer. And yeah, that that is uh, that's a good point. Um, you know that I think that the the gels are on the beefier side. So you got to uh, um, figure out what you're doing with uh, with stashing them. Um, but what I did is uh, I had so I I use a uh, fuel belt uh, brand race belt that uh, has like a little uh, fanny pack like if you will container small one like directly in front that the race belt folds or put comes over the top um, but then I take little small fuel belt like normally I think they're they're meant for their regular you know training belts um, and you slide that on there but just little additional kind of holding areas and I put those put that on one side and then the the fuel belt has those gel holder little slips um, and they're a little tricky to get on there before the race. Um, but if you kind of work the, the substance of the gel up to like to the top, get that piece down and then like push the gel down through, um, you can get it in there. And the good thing about it is that, uh, you don't have to worry about it, uh, falling out because it's in there pretty good, but I didn't have any issue pulling them out after. And I had, uh, four, uh, I had, I ended up doing four on my belt and then I had, uh, two more, um, in, in my little back pocket, um, of my tri suit. Um, one thing I did actually have a problem with, uh, as I headed out on the run is, uh, I, that race belt, because it had so much weight to it, cause it had all those gummies and, uh, and the, the gels on there is, uh, it wasn't tight enough. So it was like flapping around. So I was trying to <laughs> tighten it as I ran. So that, uh, I guess maybe that helped slow me down a little bit at the beginning. Um, so that's something I'm going to make sure I fix for next time. Um, but, uh, Mark, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, on my bike, I, uh, I use a Trek Speed Concept, and it's got that little um, plastic bento box on the on the frame on that top part. And I can fit four gels in there, uh, and then I'll also carry some with me. I think using your special needs bag yeah. is also key as well. It just makes it a little bit easier. Um, you know, our gel is 2.4 ounces, uh, so yeah, it is bigger. Most gels are like two ounces or like 1.6 or something like that 1.5 ounces so yeah it is a little bit bigger um but you know i just recommend that people try it because once you try something that actually works it tastes good and like you're saying colin you know you don't feel like you have to spit up um you don't have to chase it with water it 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 really does make a big difference you don't you're not looking around for water when you take it it's actually a, a very very pleasant experience yeah I mean, I think, you know, exactly. It's, it's proven itself to me. I'm going to figure out how to do it. Um, you know, so on the bike, what I ended up doing is I had a couple gels, again, in my, um, in my uh, tri-suit, in my kind of my back pockets there. Um, and then what I was actually thinking about doing, and I didn't end up needing to do it, but uh, X-Labs actually makes, um, and you could probably really just use a regular bottle, but um, they have one of those that goes into... Um, a regular, you know, um, bike, uh, bottle holder cage, um, on your bike. Um, but they have these little containers that have a spin top and you can put, you know, gels or whatever you want in there. Um, I think some people put, you know, even stuff to put, fix a flat or whatever in there. Um, but, uh, I ended up, um, I, I bought one of those and was experimenting with that and I ended up not needing it. I think actually for Kona, I'm going to need that, um, just, uh, cause even that, you know, 45 to an hour longer on the bike, um, will need just enough for me to, um, do that. But again, I have, like I said, two bento boxes on there now and, um, you can, you can figure out a way. I think if you're, uh, you know, 
when you want to get the good stuff in there and avoid uh, you know things that are on the course. So you know, yeah. and that's that's definitely a mentality change for me. Um, you know, I always you know used to say you know. And, you know, there's certainly some understanding with it, but, you know, use as much of what is on the course as possible, um, you know. And so I guess for people that have just rock-solid stomachs um, and don't care about, you know, feeling, you know, really good and um, after the fact how they feel, uh, maybe they can get away with it. But uh, to me, it was well, well worth, uh, you know, adding on that uh, that stuff and having with it. And as Mark mentioned, that's a great point, and I had considered – using my special needs bag um you know i again trying not to stop uh, at all during the race uh i didn't want to do that if i didn't have to but um it's very reasonable and a very easy way to literally split the bike up into half where you you know it shouldn't be really much of trouble at all to carry everything you need if you put half and half you know half on the bike and then half uh with you in your special needs bag so Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, it just really eliminates any variables if you if you practice train with your new nutrition, and then you take it with you on the course. There's using your special needs. There's plenty of ways to get all that stuff around, or you know, it's not that big of a hassle. The other thing I'll say is that our our gel is really just a concentrate of our powder or a powder with water. So you can take our powder mix and you know dilute it to whatever. Uh, level you'd like um, that works for your system. Some people can can take it, you know, less diluted. Some people need it more diluted. But you know, that's really a um, an easier way to just mix it up in a water bottle, so that you can get really high amounts of um, you know calories during your bike and even your run. So, just another way to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, very cool. And so, and yeah, hey, Colin, do you remember? Yeah. Um, so, I think my I, I was testing out glucose, um, actually, just glucose to sugar um, training for my Ironman last year. And I actually, I guess, Walgreens, I, I go to uh, yeah, Walgreens, yes, <laughs> has those glucose shots. So, I was really testing out that. And we ended up actually, Colin and I ended up going to Walgreens and getting some of those glucose shot. Um, where they like just little shot containers, right? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> we so we both uh, carried those with us at Timberman last year, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you've got. So a I'm couple... glad uh, this stuff came out. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. We did it just for you. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Uh, so, Mark. Um, how how is the company involved in the last couple of years? Like I know you have the partnership with the rock and roll marathons and stuff, but um, how's uh, how's kind of business, if you will, and and the the company doing? Yeah, it's doing fantastic. We're going very very quickly. You know, last year we were in about a thousand doors. You know, primarily sports specialty shops, running shops, cycling shops. Um, this year, you know, we've just had a ton of growth. Um, by the end of the year, we'll be in between uh, ten and 12,000 doors, so you can do the math on that. Um, but uh, we're just growing very, very quickly. Uh, we are the official uh, North American uh, sponsor of the Rock and Roll Marathon Series for uh, gels and gummies. Um, we're on course with both gels and gummies uh, for all those races, and so there's like uh, 500 50,000 people that uh, participate in those races in North America each year. And then, you know, we've just got a ton of events um, at the local level in, uh, you know, tons of different communities across the United States. You can purchase our product in sports specialty, but you can also purchase it in certain drug chains um, like uh, Rite Aid and CVS pharmacies. You know, we like those channels because, like you were mentioning, people are already looking to those channels for glucose products they already you know know what glucose does and so that's where they go um, for glucose related products so that's been a good fit for us as well um rei um you know the list goes on and on gnc um but we're really really excited about uh the growth that uh, we're seeing and uh, we see even more growth for 2017 so awesome. we're excited that's fantastic 
So I probably should have asked you about this beforehand, um, but would it be all right for me to give out that 25% promo code that you guys generated for me um, out on the podcast here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, That'd be great. I was going to say we could dub this part out after if you want, if you said no, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be uh, fantastic. Do it. Yeah, so um, Mark and his team did set up um, a, a 25% off code for... Uh, people that uh that are part of ideally you know peak dry coaching and um and clients of mine but um the the promo code and and maybe we'll advertise it somewhere on the website a little bit easier but it's uh so c is in Car- uh, colin if i could say my own name so c is in colin t is in tom t is in tom nine one nine two so again c t t nine one nine two will get you 25 percent off anything um, through the glucose energy, uh, so www.glucoseenergy.com, and that's glucose with a K, so G L U K O S energy.com. So, um, yeah, I think we're we're just over an hour here, so uh, I think this is pretty good time to call, unless anybody else has got anything to add here. I think I'm good. I just want to yeah. say uh, congrats again, Colin, on your great race. And uh, Colin and Elliot, thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. We really appreciate it. Uh, this is a good timing, I think. Great to hear your perspective on, on Ironman Texas and obviously uh, hear a little bit more about glucose and just you know what we're considering when we're fueling our bodies for, uh, for multi-sport and everyday life, really. Well, thanks again. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So uh, thank you much, very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, you know, we appreciate any feedback you guys have here, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll be getting something out to you again soon here. So take care. Thanks, everyone.